Good morning. To those of you that are new, John said there are a bunch of you in the room. My name is Scott Matthews. I'm the campus pastor here, and I get to be our tour guide today through the Galatians chapter 5. We're excited about this series, and we're getting into the final third of the letter that Paul wrote so many years ago, and now we're getting into practical implications of what the gospel should mean for each of us. And so if you're new, if this is your first week, don't worry. You're not going to feel like you missed out. We're going to bring you right alongside us. If you've been here the whole series, let's just get ready for more goodness. Amen? I need, though, for you to do me a favor, and I need all of us in the room and online to, to make a pledge. Can you do that? Some of you are not sure what's coming next, and I get it completely. I need you to promise this morning that whatever comes out of my mouth after we finish this little segment right here, you will not poke, you will not point, you will not elbow, you will not give the evil eye or the evil stare to the person sitting around you, near you, at home by you, or across the room. Do you so pledge? Some of you are like, what is coming next? Do you know anybody that is stubborn? I said no pointing. No, I'm just I didn't see any. You know, we often think of, of stubborn as a negative thing. Some of us will think it's a good thing because we are the stubborn ones and we say our stubbornness is good, but stubbornness as a whole is a negative term. We don't like to be moved. We like what we like. We want what we want. We need what we need. And you are not moving me until I move. But what if stubbornness spiritually was a good thing? Now, before you all go, see, he just justified my stubbornness. No, 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 no. Don't go there yet. But so many times what we need in life and what Paul's going to talk to us about this morning is we need some spiritual stubbornness, okay? So before we get into what that really means, let's look at a definition out of the dictionary where stubborn is listed in a long set of you are a bad persons into this. It says fixed or set, set in purpose or opinion, you are resolute. Now, some of you be like, see, that, there you go, there, I'm fine. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit and what Jesus wants to do through you. When it comes to spiritual stubbornness, Paul is gonna encourage us to stand firm. So what we need to do is get away from our own personal stubbornness this morning. We gotta get away from our own desires, our own feelings, our own wants and needs and thoughts. And we're gonna become resolute this morning on whatever Jesus tells us to do next. Spiritual stubbornness would really go a long way for us so that the other things of the world have no place in our life. The only room that's in our heart is that of Jesus Christ. Are you with me? So if we can do that this morning, and some of you are like, I don't, we'll get there. It's okay. We're all in this together, okay? All of us in this place have had some stubbornness of a negative connotation. This morning, let's all leave with a spiritual connotation that is positive for the kingdom of God. Join me in Galatians chapter 5. We're going to go through the first 12 verses this morning because what I want to do this morning is realize that you are not only offered freedom because Jesus all through this letter so far has just continuously worked through Paul saying, I want you to be free. I don't want the shackles to be on you anymore, whether they're culturally or whether they're spiritually, whether they're just sinful living or sinful lifestyles. I want you to be free. And he is offering this freedom, but he's also going to encourage us to not go back to slavery. Don't go back to the things that are going to pull you down and pull you away from Jesus. If you get a taste of the freedom that Jesus offers, then stay free. There's no reason to go back. And we know, and we'll get into it in a little bit, that there are times in the Bible where people got a taste of freedom and they didn't know what to do with it. And so they went back to slavery or they wanted to go back to slavery because it's the last thing that made sense to them. 
But just because it's the last thing that makes sense to you doesn't mean that you need to go do it. So join me in Galatians chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 1. Read the first three verses together, and then we'll get into our conversation. Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 1, it says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and don't submit again to the yoke of slavery. And take note, I, Paul, am telling you that if you get yourself circumcised, Christ will be of no benefit to you at all. Again, I testify every man who gets himself circumcised that he must be obligated to the entire law. Now, no, we are not getting into circumcision, so everybody relax, take a breath. But what we are going to get into is, number one, you need to embrace freedom, and specifically the freedom of Jesus, and you need to never let it go. You need to make sure that once Jesus is in your heart, once Jesus is in your life, once you begin to see a movement of Jesus somewhere around you, then you run and you cling and you do everything. You get the death grip on that and you hold on to it. Because when everything else may not make sense, a relationship and a, just, a, just a connection with Jesus Christ will be the constant that will get you through every season of life. And you may think, well, I'll try this and I'll try this and I'll try this. I'm telling you right now, partly from experience and partly from conviction, there is nothing apart from Jesus that'll get you through what you're gonna go through right now. Nothing. You can try it, the world's got some, some wonderful things. They will, they will let you make them millionaires by giving them all your money and doing all the things. They will let you do anything you want. They will enslave you into an idea that it'll be all right if you'll just do this. I'm telling you, God doesn't want you in slavery, he wants you in freedom. And Jesus is that freedom. So we need to embrace that freedom. We need to cling to it. Some of you, I know like if if mom's in the room, we're coming up on Mother's Day and guys, there's your warning. You got a couple weeks to go. We're getting ready for Mother's Day and I know there's some mama bears in this room. Mama bears, are you in the room? Five of you are in the room. That's good. We're, We're good. But I know that if your child is in danger and I know some of you love us like a mom, if we're in danger, you will leap over the Grand Canyon if you have to, to come save us. That's the kind of embrace I'm talking about when it comes to Jesus Christ. Whatever will drive you to the ends of the earth to go save somebody's life, you hang on with that type of intensity, that type of conviction, that type of passion with Jesus Christ. It'll look funny at times, it won't make sense to the culture, but I promise you, it is what we need. And Paul's saying here, once you get that freedom, then don't go back to religion. Some of you have been in church your whole life. Nine months before you have graced the world with your presence, you were in church. Ever since then, you've been in church. This is what you do, Sunday, Sunday nights, Wednesdays, Tuesday Bible study, Thursday Bible study. You read all the things, you check all the boxes. You have been churched. You've also been religious. And what Jesus says is, while religion in itself is not bad, when you make it a God, it is a bad thing. That's why he's telling the Galatian church, look, you guys are looking at this Jewish culture and they're telling you, if in order to be a Christian, in order to follow Jesus, you have to become a Jew. And Paul's going, no, you don't. You don't need to embrace a culture that's not yours. You need to embrace a relationship that is yours. Relationship over religion. And Paul's saying, look, if you go back in this one area of religion, then you might as well go ahead and do it all. Otherwise, you're gonna fail it, you're gonna be a hypocrite, and it's not gonna mean anything to you. And for some of you, that should be a relief because you're like, man, I don't know about Baptist churches and I grew up Presbyterian and I went to a Catholic church and there are all these rules and regulations. Welcome to the fellowship where the only rule is really truly an opportunity and that is give your life to Jesus Christ. 
If we could just do that, all the rest would take care of itself. Because really, truly, we're more interested in being a Jesus-following, Jesus-loving, Christ-centered church, Christ-centered fellowship, Christ-centered brothers and sisters in Christ, way before we start saying, well, in order to be a good Baptist, in order to be a good Christian, here are all the rules that you must follow. And if you do not follow the rules, you'll have to start back at square one. No. We are sinful. We are, we are messed up people, but we love Jesus, and he's working it out. Through the grace of Jesus Christ, he's working it out. If anyone's ever put on a list of rules and regulations to be their friend, that's not a friend. That's a taskmaster. If you have relationships, and in order to be their friend, you have to do certain things, and you have to be certain ways. I'm telling you, Jesus is 180 the opposite. He just says, come as you are. Embrace this freedom. And Paul's saying, look, embrace this freedom. We've been talking about in this whole letter. I want you to be free, but when you have that freedom, don't go back. Don't go back. Because whatever you try to do, it's not gonna be worth it. You're not gonna see Jesus and you're gonna get discouraged. You're gonna burn out and you're not gonna have amount to really anything. Stay with Jesus. Eugene Peterson in the message writes it this way. He says, I'm emphatic about this. The moment that any one of you submits to circumcision or any other type of rule-keeping system, at the same time, Christ's hard-won gift of freedom, you see that big word down there? Squandered. You have wasted it. If Jesus were to hand you this grace and you could see it, you could, it was in physical form, and you started saying, wow, I love this, this is beautiful, this is awesome, but I want over here then you essentially just trashed all the things that Jesus just did for you. But I'm so glad that if that's you, and you're like, oh, I'm in trouble. Remember what I said, the grace of Jesus Christ? You know what he does for you, does for me? He goes and scoops it back up, and when we fixate our eyes on Jesus, he puts it right back in our hands and says, don't let this go again. Don't do it. The world's gonna try to steal it from you. Relationships are gonna steal it from you. Government's gonna to try to steal it from you. A lot of culture is gonna steal it. Sin is gonna to try to steal it. Don't let go. And for some of you, that's what you need this morning. You don't need to, you don't need to hear anything else. The first 10 minutes is for you. Find Jesus. Embrace him as your Lord and Savior. And don't let go. But for the rest of us, we gotta keep going because there's more to this passage the second thing I want to tell you this morning is, look, if, if you are letting go of the grace of Jesus Christ, there's probably something that we need to address one-on-one, -on -one, and that is, are you attracted to Christ or are you attached to Christ? Meaning this, I, I like Jesus. Jesus, I like you. I like your teaching. I like the songs. I mean, that song, those two songs right before Sky got up, they were awesome, and we sang. We actually added in a little extra, and that was awesome. That was fun. I like you, Jesus, but I don't want to follow you all the time. I like the idea of you. I like the, the, the bonus and the perks of being in you and around you in church. And I like, the, I like the things that you offer. You do the miracles. Those are always catchy and cool. And I like all that, but I, that's, for, that's for other people. That's not for me. I'm telling you, if you've released that grip, you need to get it back because we don't need to be attracted to the goodness of Jesus. We need to be attached to the goodness of Jesus Christ. 
We don't need to be attached or attracted to the salvation. We need it for ourselves. All the things, you put any category, we don't need just to like Jesus. We need to be in love with Jesus. We need to be passionate. We need to speak of him often. We need to pray to him often. We need to read. We have got to attach ourselves to the source that the only one that's gonna make sense in our life, and that is Jesus Christ. Paul writes in another, another book, he says this in another letter. He says, look, anyone in Christ, you're a new creation. The old is, the old is gone, the new is here. All you gotta do is just enter into that relationship with Jesus Christ. Start with your heart, put him right here. Bounce it out to your soul, bounce it out to your mind, bounce it out into your life, and, and really just allow the concentric circles of God's faithfulness and provision just begin to change your life. If you've been in church your whole life and you've been here at the fellowship quite a while and you're like, I like it here, it's comfortable. These chairs, if you're down here, those of you guys got the plastics, I'm sorry, but if you're down here on the lower ball, these are comfortable. I mean, there's nice. Don't be comfortable. Be committed to Jesus Christ. Be in that relationship that no matter what he asks, where, where I have to go, what I have to do, anything, if Jesus says it, I'm so at the hip with him, we're going. And I don't know if I have everything I need, but he'll provide. I don't know if anybody will like me when I get done with this, but it'll be okay because I have Jesus. I don't know if I'll make it, but it's okay because if I don't make it, I'll be with Jesus. It's not complicated. It's simple. Attach yourself to Jesus. Salvation is not salvation by association. Salvation is given to us through the grace of Jesus Christ. And if we add religion, if we add other things into it, we just don't understand that. Pick it up in verse four. Chapter five, verse four, he says, you who are trying to be justified by the law, you have been alienated from Christ. You've put way too much space between you and Jesus. You have fallen away from grace. But through the Spirit, we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope, meaning we can get it back. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision really accomplishes anything. What matters is faith working through love. So there's a gentleman that I've been studying with this week, and, and not because he and I've had dialogue, but I've been reading some commentary from him. And his name is Maxie Dunham, and he says this, going back to verse 4, that fall from grace. It's going to be on the screen. I want you to, I want you to see it. To fall from grace is to move from one dominion of power to another, to seek salvation in any other way than that through Jesus Christ, to move out of the realm of participating in his death, his resurrection, as a source of life and hope. If I fall from grace, I almost guarantee you there are two things that you're going to struggle with. That is hope and life. I remember someone very, very close to me that was going through a very difficult situation, and we got on the phone. This is many, many years ago. And then we get on the phone, and I'm talking with her, and, and it's a family, family member of mine, and, and we're just, we're, we're communicating with one another. We're having this beautiful moment, and just all of a sudden, Jesus says, ask her if she has any hope. And so I said, hey, look, let's, uh, let's just be real for a second. You just tell me, do you have any hope that Jesus can fix this? Yes then you have hope and you have life. And I'm not gonna say because I did anything, because I did not do anything, but because Jesus was ready to intercede and Jesus was ready to ex extend his grace and his love and his compassion, that I only have hope if that's all you got and it's just the fingernails on the edge and that's all you got. In her situation, everything changed days, weeks, months after. 
where all I had was my nails on the edge to I've got a full embrace of Jesus's goodness. I've got a full embrace of his provision. I've got a full embrace of what he's doing. I may not understand it. It still may sting, but he is with me and I can walk through tomorrow. That's the hope that we're talking about. That's the grace that we need to embrace and we need to hold on to because it's real and it's awesome and he's not gonna give it. So if you say, hey, I've fallen from grace, I wanna steer you, and it's gonna be on the screen. You don't have to flip over there, but I wanna steer you to Hebrews chapter 12. Verses one through three. Many of you have been in church. This is a familiar passage. If you're brand new, this is a great book to read. It's confusing at times, but when you get to verse, or chapter 12, the author writes this in verses one through three. Therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses, not just we have opinions, we have a cloud of witnesses that surround us. Lay, ever, lay aside every hindrance of sin, so that, that, of sin that so easily ensnares us, so easily enslaves us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, and what's that word? Perfecter of our faith, for the joy that lay before him, he endured, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. He perfected it, sits with God. So consider him who has endured such hostility so that you won't grow weary and you won't give up. I know some of you right now may be going through some really difficult times, really difficult situations. And I want you just from a brother to, to a brother, maybe a brother to a sister, from a pastor to a congregate, to a friend to a friend, don't give up. Don't try some other way. Don't, don't shortchange Jesus. His timing is perfect. His way is perfect. Everything about him is gonna be exactly what you need. You just need to stand firm and don't fall away. Don't let anything in this world take you away from the goodness of God. Stand firm. Watch what he does. Stay attached to him. Even if it feels like it's a lifeline and you're on life support, stay attached. Because I promise you, Jesus is not gonna disappear. In fact, he's gonna come with the full weight of heaven and the full power of his own glory and he's gonna make some differences in your life. I can't say that every day is gonna be rainbow and sunshine. I can't say it's gonna to happen tomorrow, but I believe with all my heart that Jesus is who he says he is, has the power he says he has and he can do what he says he can do and he will always be there for you. Trust him with your life. Trust him with your circumstance. For some of us, we need to really, what we need to do is identify what Jesus said, or what Paul said earlier in, in verse six, he says, true faith in Jesus is faith working through love. True faith is working through love. John writes this in his gospel. He says, a new command I give to you, love one another. Jesus says, just as I have loved you, you are, you are to love one another. By this, all men, all people will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. We're gonna work out our faith in a loving way that's really gonna make a difference not only for you, but for everybody around you. Think about something and, and don't really, don't, don't, don't react to it, but think about it. If, if you and your circle and your situation, if more people would love like Jesus in your circle, your situation, would it not be better? I didn't say easier. I didn't say perfect, but would it not be better? Some of you are like, you, you, you don't know what I'm going through. I, I didn't ask. 
I just ask you simply, if, if, if more people, maybe you included, if you love more like Jesus and less like you think you should love and who deserves it and what they deserve, because promise you, nobody deserves anything except death. And the grace of Jesus Christ is taking care of that. But if we would love like Jesus, how would your situation be completely and totally different? Man, that's what Jesus, that's what Paul's asking us to do. You know, all the rules, all the regulations, all the, all the religion that people are throwing at you, and for us in probably modern day times, all the culture that people are throwing at you, none of it matters. We're not gonna get up to heaven and Jesus is gonna be like, well, you know, you were part of cancel culture. Welcome in. You were a part of this movement. Welcome in. You get to the doorstep of heaven, Jesus is gonna look at you, God's gonna look at you and say, what have you done with what we've given to you? What have you done with the gospel? What have you done that with the relationship that we've had? Man, I don't wanna be the one that stands before God and stands before the throne and says, I didn't do anything. I just checked my boxes on Sunday and felt good about life. There are two responses that God's gonna to give to us when we get to heaven based on the way that we love and the way that we work out our faith and the way that we embrace the relationship with Jesus Christ. They are not new to you unless you're brand new to church. But those two, those two responses are gonna be, well done, good and faithful servant, or depart from me because I never knew you. So if we cannot embrace that true relationship with Jesus Christ, not religion, not culture, not man's set of rules, if we cannot embrace that true relationship with Jesus Christ, which response do you think you're gonna receive when you walk into heaven? I don't know about you, but when I get to heaven, I, I, I wanna stick around. So how do I ensure that? My relationship with Jesus and working out my faith and love with those around me. Salvation is not just for you, it's also for the people around you. So make sure that we're working our faith and love. Good works can't save us. It can't earn, we can't earn our way to heaven, we can't buy our way to heaven. But man, a byproduct of the way that we love Jesus should be seen in other people. Man, it needs to flow through us. John writes this in a letter later on to a, to a church. He said, we love because he first loved us. Our faith is activated, activated by that relationship with Jesus. I don't know if I can love somebody. Well, let me ask you where your relationship with Jesus is because that's where you gotta start. I can't give you something I don't have. I can't give you faith. I can't give you love if I have not experienced what true love is for myself, and that is Jesus Christ. So go back to point one, embrace that relationship with Jesus and don't let go. The second thing about it is that we really put, need to put it on display because I'm telling you right now, I, you know, we've had conversations, many of us in the church and we're in the hallways and, and life groups and different things. The world is watching the church. Do you understand that? The world is watching Christians right now to see, do you actually believe in all this stuff that you say? Do you actually believe in all this stuff that you sing? Do you actually believe in everything that happens on Sundays? Do you believe in it? And if you would sit there and go, yeah, wholeheartedly, then the world's next question is, then why don't I see it Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday? Why do you only do it on Sunday and you do it behind closed doors? We need to work out our faith and we need to do it in full view of everyone around us. I was noting some folks that are here this morning, and I wanna say that some of you, this is the first time you've been to church in over a year, and, and I'm not saying that to pick on you, so don't do that. But you're sitting here, and I know what happened in your life, it's a miracle that you're here, and we praise God that you're in this room today. 
What God has done in your life needs to be in full view of everyone else because if people knew your story, if people knew what God had done, and, and I know some of your families, we've been teaching, we've been sharing your story to see it come full circle and see that you're back and you're here. Praise God that you're in this room because he's been working powerfully in your life. And some of you are here because you came on Easter and you're back today. Welcome back. God is clearly working and has a plan for your life. So continue to live your faith and we'll come alongside you and we'll love this community, we'll love this city, we'll love this state, we'll love this nation, we'll love this globe together. And we may not get everybody by ourselves, but I promise you there's a lot of churches, a lot of organizations, a lot of sister, sisters and brothers in Jesus Christ around the globe. If we do it in unison, revival will spark out and some great things will happen by the way we love one another. But I believe, as before we close here, we get to this last one. I want you to understand something. For those of you that have been in church a very long time, this one's specifically for you. The last thing that I need to encourage you with is probably one of the most straightforward things in this, in this particular text. And the point is very simple. Let me simplify it in just a title. Don't be guilty of leading people away from Jesus. Don't be guilty of, of putting things on people and adding things to it. It's not gospel plus. It is not Jesus plus. It is simply Jesus. And if you add anything, Paul is telling the Hebrews and the Jews in this particular moment, I am telling you 2,000 and whatever years later, if you add anything to Jesus, you are wrong. And the Bible is clear that you will pay a penalty. And if that doesn't scare you, I'm praying the Holy Spirit convicts you. Because I gotta be honest with you, and I've been honest and transparent, this series has really challenged me as a pastor and leader. Have I been leading people away from the gospel? Have I been leading them away from Jesus? Because they're so distracted with what I'm doing, they're not focused on Jesus. Man, I don't wanna be guilty of leading people away from Jesus. And Paul says this, starting in verse seven. He's looking at the Galatian church, he's telling them, you are running so well. Some of your translations, superb. You were running so well. Who prevented you from being persuaded regarding the truth? This perversion, this, this persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole batch of dough. Or a little yeast leavens the whole batch of dough. I myself am persuaded that the power of God, the Lord will not accept any other view. So where are they doing? It's not gonna work but whosoever it is that is confusing you will pay the penalty. Brothers and sisters, if I, if I still preach circumcision, then why am I being persecuted? In the case of offense of the cross has been abolished. And I wish those who are uh, disturbing you might also themselves be mutilated. This is an example that he used, and Galatians are very familiar. He's saying, go all the way. He uses some other terms, but doesn't change the point. If you're gonna lead people away from Jesus, good luck and go all the way. Don't be a hypocrite. But don't do it, because you're gonna pay a penalty. Just a few weeks ago, Justin asked us about our influences, who our influences are. Who are the people that we look up to? Who are the people that we emulate? Who are the people that we learn from spiritually, socially, culturally? Are they one and the same? And Paul's asking the same question in a different way. Who's the guilty party? 
Who is the one when we preached Jesus, they came in behind us and said, yeah, it's Jesus, but there's other things. But that person right there is in the wrong and they're gonna have to pay. Like, man, that just sounds so unloving. That's the severity and intensity which God loves you. He is trying to protect you from hearing anything other than the purest, truest gospel. So who is guilty? Paul fully believes in the power of Christ. He can hold on to those who have hearts. He says it. But woe to the one who tries to add or lead people from Christ. I want you to look on the screen one more time because it needs to be said. Uh, Chapter 5 Verse 10, but whoever it is that's confusing you will pay the penalty. And some of us, before you go, well, that's not me, I would challenge you to pray through that. Make sure it's not you. Not because you think so. Not because your good friends think so. But because the Holy Spirit says you're good. And if the Holy Spirit doesn't speak to you about that, it may be time to turn your eyes and fixate on Jesus again so that you can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit because we need to make sure that we are leading people to Jesus. So I wanna ask you some questions this morning as the band begins to come up. I wanna ask you some questions. I really just want you to just, just evaluate, just think about it a little bit. And the first question is this, are you or have you truly experienced freedom in Jesus Christ? I mean, really think about it. And we've got people in here of all ages. We've got young, we've got old, we've got a lot of people in between. And by old people, well-seasoned, I apologize. <laughs> but we've got, we've got all kinds of people from all different kinds of backgrounds. I don't care if you've been here for 50 years or five minutes, 35 minutes. Have you experienced true freedom in Jesus Christ? Not freedom the world says, Not the American freedom, gospel freedom, where if it all ended today, you don't have any doubt, the next step I take, the next breath I take, the next sight I see will be with Jesus. And if you have not experienced that freedom, you can't can't really move on until you deal with that. And so we wanna offer you a time this morning. If you wanna come up, I'll stand over here. We can meet in the back. You can send us an email or... We can connect during the week, but we want you to experience true freedom in Jesus Christ. And then once you experience it, once you taste it, you're not gonna wanna let it go, and we pray that you won't. We want you to stand firm and don't fall. World may push, the world may pull, but you stand firm and embrace Jesus Christ. Second question I would have to you is one that for me, I had to ask myself, am I more attracted to Jesus or am I attached to him? Do I like the benefits? Do I like the perks? Do I like the t-shirts that we often get sometimes? Or do I simply just want Jesus? Don't be defined by your vocation. Don't be defined by your bank account. Don't be defined by your relationships. Don't be defined by any other thing that the world may throw at you. Leave it all behind and say, just give me Jesus. That's all I want. That's all I need. My world crumbles apart, but I got Jesus. I'm just fine. Don't be just attracted to the idea. Be attached to the relationship that will change your life forever. Third question I would ask you is, are you displaying that faith in love? Are you wrestling through some things? Because look, those of you that have not been in church for a while, let me tell you, we don't have it all figured out. 
We are learning as we're growing. Not going, growing. So some of the things that I thought 10 years ago, I don't believe anymore because I've, Jesus has dealt with me. We've been working through it. We get into life groups. We get into Bible studies. We get into these small D groups and we start sharpening one another and say, what does the gospel say to you? And what does the gospel say to you? And then we go, what is the gospel saying? And then we just begin to work it out. And not just a way that we know things, but we challenge each other so that we can live things. Some of you are sitting in this room right now because somebody loved you so much, they were not willing to let you go another day until you heard how much Jesus loves you. And somebody has fought so hard for you to hear the gospel. Don't just wipe it off like, man, hurry up, be quiet so we can go to lunch. But sit here in this moment and say, what is it that Jesus wants to tell me so that my life could be forever changed? And the fourth thing is pretty easy. I just want those of us that have been in church for a long time, I just want us to just embrace the Holy Spirit this morning and just ask a simple question, am I leading anyone away from Jesus? And if I am, beg for forgiveness and then say, teach me so I don't do it ever again. So this morning, if you need to respond, we've got some empty chairs up here. You're welcome to come and kneel, space yourselves out. You wanna pray? You can sit right there. You don't have to move. There's no different power. The closer you get to the stage, the same powers is as good with Jesus in the front as it is with the back. But you pray, and before you leave today, you don't leave until you have a firm grip on that relationship. You have a firm grip on his goodness and his faithfulness because God does not want you to feel the yoke of slavery ever again. The only feeling you need to feel is the freedom of his grace, his love, his mercy, his hope and his future with your name on it. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we love you so much. And, and I, like Paul, want to encourage my friends and, and my new friends and everyone that's listening to our voice either in this room or online, God, that we would all stand firm in the freedom and the faith of Jesus Christ. There are so many temptations, so many things that are competing for our hearts and competing for our souls. God, let nothing stand in our way. Let nothing hinder us from your goodness and your faithfulness and your salvation. So Father, if we need to embrace that freedom for the first time, I pray we'll do it today. If we need to really just change the nature of our relationship so you are more at the center, I pray it changes through the power of the Holy Spirit. If we need to get our act in gear and, and share more and love more and work our faith out more, then whatever we need to do through the power of the Holy Spirit, help us to do that. But God, if, if we are here and we say, you know what, maybe just maybe I've led people away from Jesus. I haven't been doing the things that I need to do. Then God, give us your forgiveness. Give us your grace again and help us to only lead people to your son, Jesus. Jesus, you're the only one that matters. You're the only thing that we need and help us to see that so that we can stand firm and never fall away. And it's in your life-changing, life-giving name we pray, Jesus. Amen.